Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Wining, the wine versus beer podcast. And seeing as it's our 10th anniversary, we're celebrating. Um, that's just beer, by the way, not champagne. <laughs> it is only the 10-week anniversary. It's not the biggest. Uh, it's, not, yes. it's, not a, it's not a huge milestone. Not the greatest, is it? I don't think they make cards for it. And Strange. Kittens. Welcome. Well done in your 10th podcast. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't that exist? Hallmark, if you're still making cards. Probably are. Who knows? Uh, so, yes, this is a beer versus wine podcast. My name's Josh. I bring a beer to the table. I'm here with Sean. He brings a wine to the table. And we compete for our drink to win at the end. Uh, so that's basically it. Sean, how's the bit? Promising. Well, let's deal with this after this. Oh, all over the f***ing cats. It is the colour of an insect's blood. That's slightly paler, that's slightly more see-through, translucent blood. I don't bleed many insects. Well, that's because you haven't lived. You haven't lived a good and proper life. When your insect bleeding days come, (laughs) you can say you've made it. Um, Sean, what wine is this? Um, So this is a Pinot Noir from Tasmania. It's called Pure South Pinot Noir. 2015. Well, that's only going to be good news, isn't it? And I have brought, I say I've brought, I've actually been gifted a beer from our friends over in Deutschland. Uh, the country didn't get in touch and send it. Uh, my, my friend went and brought it back. It is called <laughs> Holzer Beer, um, and it's called a Dunkel Lager, which Sean informs me means... It's just a dark lager. Just a dark lager. So I'm going to be drinking that. Uh, well, we're both going to be drinking both of them. Uh, Sean, are you happy with your choice? How are you feeling about it? It's, um, it's alright. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's red and it's liquid. Probably should put in a little footnote here uh, that Sean is hungover. He's hanging, not hanging, he's hanging out of his, well, out of his self. I'm, I'm not too hungover as such. It's just, a, it's just a lack of sleep, really. You didn't say hello when you walked through my door earlier. So What did I say? You just huffed. <laughs> so there's a, little, there's a little look into what's happening. Maybe... If, you, if you've got other podcasts to listen to, do. <laughs> we don't know how this is going to go yet. We aren't recording this. It could this, go one it? of two ways, really. Either it could be... And that, anything in between, which... Either it could be that um, a hungover Sean is a, is, a, is a great broadcaster, or it could be that a hungover Sean is a... Uh, it's just a, it's just a mess. I think we're going to find out. So, how's your week been, mate? What have you been up to? What's going on in Seanland? If there was a headline about Sean, what are we seeing? What are we hearing? Um, the big headline would be um... man bothers local women. <laughs> no, no that's not true. it would be man doesn't get enough sleep and is now grumpy on a Sunday. Yes, that is fair. That's pretty that is much accurate. pretty much. Is that what you've happened. done this week has got a hungover? Um, yeah, well, I've, I've, been, I've been working a lot. We're a little bit understaffed at the restaurants. I've been pulling extra shifts. Sean works at a restaurant, by the way. He's a sommelier slash restaurant manager. Um, yeah, so well, we were stuck around after work for a few beers last night, which ended up spanning into um, me getting home at 7am. Legend, 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 legend. <laughs> Um, but um, apparently not the only uh, kind of um, residents of my of, of my block of flats I live in to um, party well into the, into the wee hours. Oh, uh, you do live in the flats that never sleep. Uh, apparently so, because I got home and uh, our neighbours were um, 
still fully going at, at, at seven o'clock when I got home. And as much as I love the Arctic Monkeys, and Mardi Bum is one of my favourite songs. You do, you used to play it on guitar. Yeah, it's uh, at seven o'clock in the morning when you um, just want to go to sleep. It's not, it, I'm not so keen. No. Um, and to, 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 to continue the craziness, um, <laughs> I, I woke up around about 12 o'clock after a few hours sleep and uh, they were still at it at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Are you sure this wasn't a children's party that started super early? Um, I'm pretty sure, because it sounded like a load of um, well, 20-somethings. Yeah, you are a 20-something, don't say it in a derogatory way. It's just my tone of voice, I say everything in a derogatory way. Yeah, that is kind of true, <laughs> kind of dismissive. Uh, so basically, your highlight of the week was staying up till 7 and not getting to sleep properly because of Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. What, okay. about, what about you? Uh, being a... Been a week of culture, Sean. As always, for Josh, does That's not one thing people always say about you mm. is that oh, Josh Diffney, yeah, he he may he may be many things, but he's certainly highbrow. Exactly. I was once again sailing on HMS Culture. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a kind of, sort of diseased ship <laughs> that they wouldn't let back into land because of the scurvy on it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, I went to Highgate Cemetery, which is, if you don't know, kind of like a historic cemetery. It's good. Um, I recommend it highly. Uh, just, you see loads of old graves, you go on a tour around there, it's, it's a goodie. But I saw a famous. You saw a, fa- a famous grave or a famous person? A famous grave. I saw Michael Faraday's grave, which is good. Ooh. I also saw a famous person. But I couldn't work out who, so I say to uh, I say to the person I'm with, um, who's who's um, who's that? It's definitely someone. And basically, it bothers me this whole tour and going round, sort of like looking at her from different angles. This lady kind of getting up really close to hear her talk. It's not really working. That just all sounds a bit weird, mate. It was a bit weird, but I wanted to know who I'm seeing. You know when you see a famous person can't place them? And I would refuse to go up and ask, because I'm not an animal. I'd much prefer just to lurk. Uh, so <laughs> lurk, I, I did, lurk in the darkness. I did lurk, and I lurked for ages, and the tour finished. I still didn't know. Um, so I start googling sort of uh, people with low bridge noses, <laughs> which is what I typed into Google. <laughs> uh, didn't put a lot of results out. But then I realised who I know this person from. Who was it? It's the girl from Ratatouille, the animated character. This w- this, this poor random woman looked like <laughs> the animated woman from Ratatouille. Oh, Colette, wow. I think it was. Um, so I chased after uh, her for ages. She's she's just a person. Um, she was, or was she the um, reincarnated? actual animated character she comes to life as she leapt from the screen it's hard to know isn't it there certainly wasn't any to tread our third dimension yeah if she had i wouldn't know she they said they were from barcelona at the end so probably not to be honest she'd have been french wouldn't she but either way this girl could get loads of mileage out of (laughs) i don't know what doing kids parties maybe as the girl from ratatouille as the girl from ratatouille it was good though and because um, George Michael, uh, who sadly died, I think uh, sort of in December 2016, he lived in Highgate, and we found ourselves in a pub opposite his house and uh, went to see the memorial there. People still putting flowers down even now. Really? Yeah. Three yeah. months on, not, fresh flowers. I'm not shocked. Meant a lot to people. Yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was touching, actually. Touching. Um, and then uh, in 
one of the other cemeteries around Highgate. It was quite quite a morbid, quite a morbid little visit actually. Just looking at graves. It was mostly looking at graves, but some most of them are so old. It's kind of like whatever, you know. But then we went to the more the modern part, and like it just got really sad. Just the inevitable, inevitable possibility of death just yeah, encroaching you, on you. Yeah, and I really the people I was aware of sort of like everyone around me's like finite nature and. I get a little bit like that when I go home see my parents. What, because you see them age? No, <laughs> it's no. It's like, Mum, new wrinkle! Time's coming! <laughs> the Reaper's there! <laughs> that would be inappropriate. Oh, how good is your L'Oreal doing it now, eh? <laughs> Not much. Um, no, because if I go to an area that's like outside of a large like metropolitan centre like, like London... Like you just, are. You're yeah. a large metropolitan centre. People crowd around you to see you. They do, yes. I don't, I don't know where to take that. Nah. I'm go swiftly on. Yeah. Um, and there's loads of there's just loads of houses and nothing else. And you go somewhere like that, it just makes me think, <laughs> why are we all here? You know, people. What are we doing? You know, why... people outside of London don't just move there to die. I'm they just, don't like buy a what, box what, to what, die what, in. What do they do? Like, what do you mean? Just... What do they do? They go out for walks in the forest. And... Yeah, but why? What's the point of it all? This might be, might be the hangover talking. I think this is the hangover talking. You used to talk with massive pride of the New Forest. You used I to... love the New Forest, and but it's Sean's full of replaced, nothingness. Well, Sean's from a place from, called Hordle, which is, um, despite having more pubs than my hometown, uh, is largely one of the most nothingy towns in the whole country. It's got one pub. Yeah, it's got one pub. and Highcliffe's got ma- ma- far more than one pub. No, it does. Well... <laughs> We can't get into the uber sort of um, localised chat about the towns we're from, really. <laughs> but it's it's not got many good pubs, anyway, I'll tell you that much. But um, no, I don't feel that way when I leave the countryside. I do, I just think. Why, why no, when I leave pe- London. Why are all these people here? What, 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 what's, what's the point of it oh, all? What are we going to do? There really you? only needs to be about 12 of us. There doesn't need to be this many. Well, that includes you then. Yeah. Are you going to be I'm, I'm the... surplus to requirements, well, mate. You absolutely are. Yeah. What are you going to be doing in the apocalypse? I, oh, gosh. God, don't, don't know, mate. Yeah. Have I told you about the time uh, a man once sort of had a mini go at me for being. I, well, at the time I told him I was a radio presenter, which wasn't technically accurate. Um, and just a random man in a pub was talking about what we'll do um, in sort of a post apocalyptic world. Like. <laughs> Not going to be much use for a radio presenter, is it, mate? I was like, well, that well, might be actually. There could be, couldn't there? In Not a radio like... presenter, but was, I'm, I imagine it's like how you would kind of convey information in the post-apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. So maybe finding a way to broadcast and giving yeah. people useful information to survive. So I didn't come back with that because he was quite big. But uh, <laughs> then my friend Matt, who uh, we've had on this podcast before, actually, Matt Young. Yeah. He was uh, sat next to me in the pub and this random man uh, questioned him about what job he did. And at the time, he was leaving Labrooks, where he used to work, to go and be a producer in a posh, wanky London agency. So he tells the guy, oh, working a bookies, mate. Because as <laughs> he selectively decides to tell people about his jobs. And that, the guy's totally fine with that. <laughs> see, see loads of use for bookies in the post-apocalyptic world. What would what, what would this man have thought of a, a sommelier? I think you'd have had to tell him you, you, you work in an eatery. Because people need to eat, Sean. People yeah. will need to eat. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure in the, in, a, in the apocalypse, people are going to want their booze as well. Yeah, exactly, because let's be honest, we've got to uh, we've got to find a, something to null the pain, haven't we? What's your favourite apocalyptic movie, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm a big fan of uh, 28 Days Later. That's a good one. Yeah. Do you know my favourite? Uh, please don't say the um, Hunger Games. No, of course not. That's not even apocalyptic, is it, I think? Yeah, it is. Is it? I suppose it is a bit. Yeah. Um, Waterworld with Kevin Costner. Largely regarded <laughs> as a terrible film. I like it. The Earth's flooded. You go around on boats. I can't really remember the plot. I need to rewatch it. But it's it's just, you just go around on boats. That's what you like about I it. I remember it being good. Really yeah. good. Had a sort of a Mad Max feel about it, but worse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, sorry to hear that your, your week hasn't been that good though, mate. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? I really, really want you in my mouth From then on there, roll, we'll head on further south Am I talking about the blood of a love rival? Oh no, oh it's wine, drinking it's fine So I suppose I better tell you about this wine and I really I think we should, you know, it's a sleepy one today Maybe pause this podcast now because it's not going to be mile a minute chat and gags, <laughs> as it's never been in fairness. Uh, maybe listen to it to go to sleep to. It's def- yeah. Although my nasal tones might not help that. You might have nightmares about a giant nose <laughs> chasing you around. Do you, do you piss in mind, so. All right, yeah. So um, Pinot Noir from Tasmania. Uh, it's called Pure um, Pure South. That's all it's called. Um, I bought this in Marks and Spencers, um, and it's a red wine. There you go, Josh. Get your get that down now. Is is that it? Um, well, what would you like to know about it? Ask why don't you why don't you ask me questions about it? You don't normally ask me questions about wines. Because I don't know anything about what, wine. What, what would you like to know about it? I don't know anything. The whole point of the wine cellar is you impress me with it. Okay, so hundred percent Pinot Noir. So Pinot Noir is is, is the grape variety. Um, it's quite a famous grape variety. It's a red grape variety that's quite um, has quite thin skin, so hence the lighter colour. This one in particular is is quite light. Um, Tasmania. Being an island off of the, the southeast coast of Australia has a fairly cool climate compared to the mainland of Australia. So you get a lot of pin, a lot of Pinot Noir on the islands. They produce a lot of sparkling wines as well, um, and the wines tend to have a more kind of uh, well, they tend to have higher acidity and be slightly fresher. This is definitely a like a, a fresh style. Uh, 2015 as the vintage was uh, considered an excellent vintage um, in Tasmania, yeah. okay. um, and produced wines which were infinitely better than the previous year which was uh, pretty appalling ideal ripening conditions rain at all the right all the right times and places oh my um, god are so you take he's tickling off am i tick what yeah, carry on go I'm, on. I'm tickling off no, go on, carry on. um yeah it's by a uh, a winemaker called what's his name yosef kromer uh yosef Kromi, um who's one of the biggest wine um wine figures of uh, tasmania <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, what, what would you like to know? It's just, it's just a... That really was not your best. <laughs> and and like, I, I might say as well, I don't know anything about wine. I normally uh, buy £5 wine from Sainsbury's, that's my fave. Mm. Uh, but this, I, I don't know if it's maybe because I expect a higher quality of wine, like subconsciously, but this doesn't taste very good to me. Uh, it's... 
Um, like just on the podcast, maybe I expect uh, a wine that's a bit fancier, and I don't notice it when I'm drinking my five pound Sainsbury's. It's a little bit sulfurous, I think, is the problem. Um, it's obviously been it's been treated with sulfur as a preservative agent, and that's showing quite um, quite heavily on the nose, in particular. So it's got a little bit of like match sticky kind of like boiled egg character on the nose which will blow off um and if we shake up the bottle a little bit it should be a bit better but it's uh it's a decent cool climate pinot noir it's quite light it's quite easy going it's not, it's not bad i suppose <laughs> is that how you want to end your wine cell it's not bad i suppose yeah uh, let's end it there today yes yeah. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Sean, what if I told you you could get a house in Zone 1 of London mm-hmm. for less than £200,000? I would... What would you say? I would say, Josh, don't be silly. And what if I wasn't your friend? What would you do to me if I was a stranger on the street dragging you by? I would ignore you and walk walk past. Would you do anything more violent if I chased you down screaming, less than £200,000 in the centre of uh, Zone 1 of London? I would duck into the nearest shop and use the um, till for uh, an encounter as uh, a hiding place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Um, Well, Sean, this heady dream is a reality. Uh, so basically, the other day, uh, I got bored at work. Uh, we've all been there. Yeah. And I decided to look at what properties I may feasibly be able to buy if things go really well for me in 10 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't a problem people used to have about 50 years ago, but now that is true. Uh, so I estimated, like, de- oh, top of my salary. Uh, and it turns out I still can't really ever afford a house in London. No. Depressing. Sure. It's... I did it on a Friday as well. Not a good way to make yourself feel good. But I did find a solution. What's that? If I want to live in the city... Well, in yeah, I think it was in the city of London. Or was it at Canary Wharf? So maybe Zone 2, actually. Uh, I can live there and buy a house for £110,000. Do you know how? No, mate. Houseboat. Ooh, lovely. Houseboat. Houseboat. House... What's wrong with the houseboat? I don't I've thought it. about this over and over again, and I, there have been a few holes poked in it, but see if you can think of anything bad. I, I generally can't, but I was, I was looking the... I, I had a similar thought a couple of weeks ago, because I was looking to a, um, a similar kind of thing. What, what would I be able to afford to, to buy in terms of a house? Lots of houseboats around. You, yeah, go, you, go, on right, you go on right move, put in a, put in a little search. It is the only thing normal there's... people can afford now, is to live yeah. on the water. Much like Waterworld! <laughs> oh my god, we've gone circular. Oh wow, who does... That, that sounds like actual planning went into this, but it didn't. It, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, it, it's exactly like Waterworld. But, you, like 110,000, that's an achievable starter home very, price. Yeah, very so. So you buy a, you buy a house. Boat. A house, uh, yeah, that is true, boat. You're over by Canary Wharf, where people are paying millions Lovely of pounds stuff. for flats. Can you see any problems with it? Um, obviously, seasickness. See, I don't think that you get seasickness. I think you'd be all right. Here's a few things that have been drawn out to me, Not, and that have, they haven't put me off completely. Um, 
boats aren't plumbed in. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. How do you get rid of your your, your boodles and your snoodles? Um, it has to be some kind of a chemical, chemical toilet, toilet like yeah. camping, which isn't great because no. I it's bad enough putting bins out on a Sunday when it's cold, let alone taking yours and anyone who may have come to see you's feces out in a pot. Internet? Do you think you're getting internet? Oh, you'd you'd just use 4G, wouldn't you? You'd get one of those, um, like, modem, like a 4G modem and just use that to give you Wi-Fi. Yeah, so so it could be done. And also it costs about 10 grand per year to more. Mm. Which (laughs) is quite a lot. Yeah, that's more than you anticipated, I'm sure. Quite a lot of money. Uh, yeah, so few problems. Are we just going to skim over my fantastic joke? What was your fantastic joke? I missed it completely, sorry. I said it was uh, more than you anticipated. Oh, you should have laid the more on thicker. I apologise, that was good. That yeah, was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll find me on a houseboat in... Well, as I say, it will be if things go well and in ten years' time. But I'll be there. Hong Kong! No, what would it be? Sounds like you need to supplement your income somewhat. What, so I don't end up living on a, what would probably be a canoe with a piece of tarpaulin draped over it? It does. <laughs> Drifting freely yeah, down yeah, the canal. Yeah. Um, so why don't you consider a a, uh, a career in the wine industry? Uh, because you're looking at houseboats as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah, go on, yeah, I'll, fa- I'll yeah wine industry me. is famously very well paid. Oz uh, Clark's going to be doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, but that's because he's a um, television presenter. Yeah, isn't he? that's true. I found the uh, the perfect job for you to supplement your income with. Okay, um, it would mean moving to Kent. How I do you feel about that. How about this? I don't know if I've been to Kent before. It's the Garden of England. Is it really? Oh, no, I have been to Kent. Sorry, I went to someone's wedding there. Yes, I've been to Kent once. Um, I've found you the perfect job. Yeah, hit me. It's a a cellar door assistant. I beg your pardon? A cellar door assistant. So would you like to know what the duties include? I would. Opening and closing of the cellar door. (laughs) Yeah, I could do that. Is this a real job application? <laughs> Maintain a clean and safe cellar door. Is this real or what are you up to? And working evenings and weekends to open and close the cellar door. What is this? What are you reading from? You reckon you could do that? What are you reading from? It's just a job advert. The cellar door assistant. You you have to report to the cellar door manager, so you're not in, you're not completely responsible for the cellar door. So there's door. two people looking after this cellar door. <laughs> A door. <laughs> Not quite. Um, cellar door is a name for um, like a, a shop attached to a winery. Right. I've, I've missed. This, this... I've led you down a little dark alleyway there, Josh, of humour. Yes, I see what you've done. Yeah. It's misdirection. Well it was, done. yeah. So um, you could uh, work for Gusborne Wine Estate in Kent. And, yeah, I uh, would potentially be up for that. You know, basically being selling wine at the at the winery. Is it? it was there a vineyard there? Yes, Gusborne is a vineyard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I could just sit on when I'm not working. I could just sit on the sort of terrace and smoke cigarettes and look out over the wines. I, I imagine you could, but you uh, you would require a certain set of skills. What is a shop, isn't it? You're saying you would be you would have to deliver exceptional customer service. I've worked in millets before. Which so having I worked can. with you in a customer service uh, environment, 
I've worked in loads of customer service environments. I'm I know you good. have. I said I have worked with you. Yeah, so you should know how good I am. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yes. When, if the only way you were able to get through it was by drinking <laughs> gin and tonics daily. That's not true, right? <laughs> if you work in a bar where they are, you're allowed to drink... Well, not really. really allowed to drink, are you? Well, I don't know what the rules I'm are. I'm pretty sure in your contract it would have said you're not allowed to be intoxicated whilst working or something. Well, like I would, that's never intoxicated. I just said a few ales. You always sourced, mate. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Uh, is that it for the job applications you want to put me through? Um, How do you feel about moving to Dubai? Thought about it. Um, but then I realised I don't want to live somewhere that has those sort of, um, you know, I don't like living somewhere that's popped up in literally 20 years. And also some of the views towards women, uh, you know, not very good. Yeah. So and really it's want... a dry country. I wouldn't mind living in a dry... Well, the thing is that people do in Dubai, in case you don't know, it's um, a tax haven, essentially. So you can go over there. Normally, most of the jobs you see people go over and do are like 60 grand a year. You don't get taxed on it, so they work there for a couple of years, save up for a house mortgage, don't they? That's pretty much the game. Sounds like a perfect job for you, mate. You what could, is it? Uh, it's a key account manager for the on-trade in Dubai. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I might struggle in an interview. <laughs> Do you know what the job's about, Mr. Dibney? No. It's, it's, it's selling wine to restaurants, which is not very hard, because restaurants want to sell wine. Uh, okay. And you would be paid £50,000 tax-free... Plus a bonus. That is why people do it, yeah. isn't it? But I, I... I might move to Dubai. No, what are you going to do in Dubai? There's nothing there. I'm going to be a key accounts uh, manager for for the on trades. Yeah, I think. Um, have you? Are you ever? More... I've got all the relevant qualifications. You do, but you would have to uproot your whole life and go to a, a city that doesn't really have any culture in. I would just uh, watch Netflix. Well, you can... Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what I do at the moment. Aren't you suspicious? Anyway. Do you know the people I'm most suspicious of in the whole world? And I'm sorry if this is you. I'm sure that you have your reasons, and you can email them to the show. Our current email system is opening a window and screaming it out into the world. <laughs> but uh, please do that. Uh, but people who go on holiday to Dubai. I find it bemoozes me, absolutely bemoozes me, because it costs a fortune to get there. It's quite far away. Um, it costs quite a lot of money to stay there. It is an odd absolutely holiday destination. Nothing to do. It's like going on holiday to Canary Wharf. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like going on holiday to Canary Wharf. Uh, like stale, clinical, sensible nature. Like it is hot there. Most people say too hot. There are beaches, but like go on a package holiday to bloody Spain, which sounds great. You just sit by the pool all day, sunning yourself. Or, if you're going to spend that much money, go to New York, or, you know... Am I crazy for thinking that's mad? You are a little I don't know why nice. I said that like I'm a sitcom character, and I've got my own 90s sitcom. Am I crazy? Hey, am I crazy for saying this? But uh, people go to Dubai on holiday and claim to love it. Like... I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? Combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. What is your bag? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Beers in heaven. So it is 
it's time for the beer cell when I try and impress Sean with the beer. Today we're drinking Holzar beer, um, which is from a brewery that I could pronounce but will not to save us time. Um, so uh, this is the chance that I have to impress Sean with the beer. He's quite impressed already, to be honest. Well, it's got a flip top. It's a flip top bottle. Mm. Um, I'm impressed. It is nice. It's uh, a lovely beer. And I'm still going to try and impress him further, though. The problem is I don't know all the technical stuff that Sean does in his wine cell. I just don't know it. I'm not particularly interested by it. So I write a story that puts Sean in the mindset of someone who needs a beer. Um, Sean, are you ready to start a story? I am ready, yes. Okay, here we go. A stiff sensation rose within Sean and doused him with the energy of a man a third his age. Oh, I feel young again, he said as he, eye- as he eyed up the youngest members of staff in his restaurant lustfully. Oh, no more need for this. He yelled maniacally at the pot washer as he ripped up the picture of his girlfriend Jenny and locked the doors to the restaurant. It was staff drinks on a Saturday night. And as per their employment contract, all had consented. <laughs> you have all consented already in your contracts. Come to me. Well, they had consented to occasional staff social events. Not that, Sean. Uh, and nothing more, really. Sean heard the narrator. Nothing more? Ah! He screamed into his collar as he collapsed into a squat of embarrassment on the kitchen floor. And the rest of the staff were put at ease. The night continued on in a more platonic fashion. Drink after drink was absorbed into themselves and the haze of joy turned into lust for more. More alcohol fell down their gullets and didn't hit the bottom of the clock. Uh, Ah! Ah! I've got lost. (laughs) More alcohol fell down their gullets and didn't hit the bottom until the clock struck seven. 7 a.m. Sean had been in the same building for almost 20 hours. The bus took him home with vibrations churning his stomach into a heavy blancmange that would barely stay down. Oh, foul lord of this country, hath no better ailment to travel than this turgid carriage that vibrates me agony. He screamed at a fellow passenger that he believed was Theresa May, but was in fact two children atop each other's shoulders in a pantsuit. Eventually, (sighs) Sean tripped into bed and found throbbing in the room that was not there before. His neighbours were having a party that continued at the hour of 8am. As he wished for sleep, Alex Turner and the rest of the Arctic Monkeys plagued his ears and reduced him to weary consciousness, neither of sleep nor the woke. Time ticked on. As it reached midday, the party was still alight. He hoped for all sake that no illegal street narcotics were the facilitants of this gathering and rather shift workers who simply had different body clocks. Eventually he threw away any hope of rest and went to record a podcast where he took a sip of this very beer. Well, considering that this beer has quite literally wrestled me from my uh, own well of... My own doing, I think it's pretty delicious. Drinking wine and feeling fine, cause I drink that wine all the time with Sean. Good jingle, it means it's time for wine news. You ready, Sean? Give me that sweet bed. 
Ah, oh. this is making me feel amazing. It's like, it's like I've slept for nine hours, and I'm fresh. You don't look like that. All right, that's how I feel anyway. Now, um, so what? Time for wine news. Yeah, we've done that bit. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, Budweiser. Um, well, it's not just wine news, it's booze news. Um, Budweiser are to make a beer for Martians. Have you heard about this? No. Um, so as part of the... the what, what's it called? Mars One mission. Um, Budweiser are going to make microgravity beer for Martians. Um, according to thedrinksbusiness.com... Budweiser has joined the space race to become the first to send beer to Mars, embarking on a mission to produce a microgravity brew that can be enjoyed on the red planet. You imagine that? Imagine drinking beer on Mars. I don't understand it. It would have to. It would have to. uh, It would involve the carbonation of the of the beer itself. There's a. um, There's a story about um, a. You know what. (laughs) Not today. Where am I going with this? Um, sham- people were drinking champagne on a... Uh, oh, what's it called? Oh, I've ended up in a hole. Um, submarine. Submarine. They were drinking champagne on a submarine and everybody was thinking, oh, why is it not bubbly? It's because they were... Uh, because of the pressurisation of the cabin meant the champagne wasn't bubbly anymore. So I imagine it would have to be about, about that kind of stuff. But anyway, swiftly on. Next, uh, next, next story. Um, a, a glass a day keeps the doctor away. Apparently, why? Well, this why... has been this has been in the news in various uh, guises for the past twenty years, hasn't it? A glass of red wine yeah. is good for you. Yeah, wine is good for you. Um, numerous studies have shown that moderate alcohol consumption actually lowers the risk of early death. This, this is a news. This is someone just deciding we need to fill some column inches because they've said numerous studies. Normally these news stories come about because a company has published a new study. But this is just a numerous study. So th- this is literally just a non-story in your wine news. Okay, fine. Right. It's well, because apparently like a, uh, a, a diet with a bit of alcohol in is healthier than none. Um, something to do with how it uh, activates the liver. And the liver... I, I, don't, I don't understand it, of course. Because I've only got a B in A-level physics, which wasn't to do much with the human body. Why would it be? <laughs> Continue. Uh, next story. A new bill to make British wine embassies serve English wine. Oh, have we run out of bed? No, we can go again. British embassies to serve English wine. So a law... Um, according to decanter.com, a proposed law to force British embassies around the world to buy and serve English and Welsh wines instead of Champagne, Prosecco and Carver is being introduced to the UK Parliament. So if you're in France, in the British Embassy, you'll have a glass of... Uh, a glass of Nightingale or Gusbourne. And Ridgeview. Anchor Hill. Instead of... Uh, Tattinger. Bollinger. Verve Clicquot. Get rid of the Champagne. Bring on the English fizz. It's gonna be re- gonna be law. Yeah, how do you feel about that? That's wine news. Well, that's not all of wine news. I've got one more. That's got- four. Oh, I've got a bonus. <laughs> Turns out that um, the the 
the world of wine. Do you need your bed for this? Um, No, I don't. It's fine. Um, The world of wine podcasters, uh, world of wine has sat up and paid attention to whining. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As uh, as people are jumping on the wine podcast bandwagon, which. uh, it's, it's quite flattering, really. Um, so it's going to be a new wine podcast called A Glass With. Um, and I think uh, we should apply to get some of the, the rights and royalties because they must be taking heavy, heavy influence from, from you and I. So the only alignment is that they drink wine on their podcast. And, and they talk, um, which mm. is literally our usp <laughs> no it's not no if you're listening if for some reason you started listening at this chunk of this podcast our usp is it's the beer versus wine podcast beer lover versus wine lover battling it out that's our usp shots fired not- uh, so it's produced by uh, richard hemming and w um and uh writer columnist uh, saturday kitchen regular ollie smith uh, they're going to get celebrity guests in, and uh, the 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 first the first episode. You know who's going to star? Oh, I hope it's someone worse than Matt Young, who lives in my house. Pink. Is it someone who just calls themselves Pink, or is it actually no? Pink? It is. It's the pink, pink with an exclamation mark instead of a K. and all letters in capitals. Well, you know what? we're going to have some pretty great guests on this podcast soon as well. Will they have six point three million YouTube? Viewers? Subscribers? Uh, no, they will have YouTube subscribers. Also on though. their roster, um, Stuart Broad, English cricketer. Um, Mick Hucknall. They're, they're going to have Dave Lamb. From Come Down With Me. The, the, the legend that is the, the, the voiceover... For Come Dine With Me. That's a really good book. That's amazing. And Sam Neill, who is uh, the main character in one of our favourite films, Jurassic Park. Oh, God. But he's a a winemaker um, as well from New Zealand, so he's pretty... He's involved in wine anyway. But those are some big-time bookings. Well, we all get some big-time bookings, Sean. Just you wait and see. Just because just cause we started with someone who lives in the room next to me <laughs> doesn't mean it's not going to go up from here. It can only it can only go up, can't it? No, no, I enjoyed no, Matt's, no, I enjoyed he, Matt's company. Yeah, it was great, great time. Great, I think great, we should get him back on at some point as well. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a great guy, but um, he's not but, pink. But, but Mick Hucknall. And he would be the first to admit he was Sam Neill. That's, that's... Why, why don't we have Sam Neill, Josh? I I will look into this. Okay, fine. Well, there we go. One of the Stranger podcasts. This is more like... It's kind of like if we did a Hollyoaks... uh, You know, the Hollyoaks Hollyoaks Nights. Hollyoaks Extra. If we, like boil down the essence of the podcast which is largely sleepy booziness yeah and we've took we've, it too far perhaps we've we've had another podcast similar to this before and that shared something in common do you know what that was what was that recording on a sunday yes uh we're recording this on a slightly different day ah you got us um not <laughs> i don't know if you know what day we record do you know what not important <laughs> I, well, I think it is important is that Sunday is a very bad day to, to record on. It's weird on. how we uh, react better uh, 
after, their usual time slot after yeah. a day of work yeah. rather than staying in till early and you being hungover. <laughs> it's been a weird one. You know what? That can happen. Um, we've had some great content. We've had we've had boats. We've had naked men on roofs. There's been stuff. Oh, there's been stuff, and it's been great. So with I've had a with how time. we do this podcast, maybe it's worth explaining. Um, we both have full time jobs and little extra jobs after that as well. And then this is just something we managed to do on top of that. And it's uh, it means the quality varies and rides up and down. But isn't that like life? Um, you know, where are you going with this, Josh? No, no, where really. But I'm just saying. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's nice to feel bad, or even um, you know, it's sometimes nice to feel like, bored sometimes because it makes you appreciate the times when you're not bored. If you you know, I don't think that when I'm bored. I don't think sitting there thinking, oh god, no. I'm so bored. No, you don't think it, this is great. No, you don't think it when you're bored. Uh, but you will appreciate the times when you're not bored soon after. Or if you're say if you're bored, and you get a text from your old mate Josh saying, "Do you want to go out for a pint?" Then that text is much better and feels better to you than it would do if you were already having fun. That's true. So we need we need these emotions. You need so, ups and downs. You need contrast. And I think that's what podcasting, in a way, does. It uh, it's a much more um, relaxed and maybe I don't. We we probably don't achieve it, but other podcasts definitely do a much more intimate sort of uh, real version of life than radio, say, which is largely if you listen to Radio One, loud whiz and bang noises um, with people giggling in between, or if you listen to Radio Four. Just a, a very sort of straightforward report of the bad things that have happened in the world. <laughs> uh, so at least we, we have uh, we f- we have flux. That's what we have. We have flux. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening today. Uh, we do need to decide though who won. So uh, on the table today we had uh, Holzer beer, um, and I will find out what brewery it's from. Problem is it's in sort of a Bavarian typeface that I simply can't make out. So I'm going to Google. Holes of beer and find out who who makes it. It's um the Harshbrow, the Harshbrow. Uh, so it's a dark beer, kind of similar to not a million miles away from sort of Ringwood Best bitters, like a dark best kind of, maybe with a bit more flavour, a bit more metallic sort of stuff going on. Um, and Sean, what wine did you bring? We had Pure South Pinot Noir from Tasmania, which was a, a very light Pinot Noir. Uh, from Tasmania in Australia. Yeah, so you did. So I ask you, what beer slash wine did you prefer? Um, so I think this is quite simple because we can just take a look at the bottles and see which one we both prefer- preferred. Um, the wine is about 85% full. It's pretty much a full okay. bottle of wine. Yeah, about 90% full. We have both polished off our beers. There, it was a delicious beer. So it's got, it's got to be the beer has it hands down. It was delicious. It, it really was, was great. malty, but Moorish and refreshing. And it's the winner. It's put, the winner. It, it pulled me out my funk, mate. I it, mean, it didn't. But it, it pulled tried. it. It well, it gave it a red hot go, didn't it? Yeah, it, it, it really did. Oh, yeah. um, the problem is, of course, I don't know if you can get this beer in the UK. If I'm being honest, uh, my friend brought it back from uh, Berlin. So if you do like the sound of this beer, I wonder if we ever inspire people to actually drink beer. Who knows? Um, if you do like the sound of this, uh, go over to Berlin, find yourself one. Um, that is it for today. Buy it in Ireland. Oh well, that's a short, a slightly shorter journey than going to 
Berlin itself. Um, thank you for listening, though. Uh, do like and subscribe because it means that you will see the next episode, which will be different to this, to say the least. Um, and we'll see you again the same time next week. Goodbye. Don't touch that dial. But it'd be hard to because the, the, there's no dial on podcasts. Or... I've just uh, I've just found the beer that you can buy in the UK. 